0: This week's episode of Drunk Week in Review comes with a content warning. During this week's episode, we'll be covering racial slurs used by a German cycling chief towards the Algerian cycling team. At approximately 1 hour, 4 minutes, and 12 seconds into the episode, I will be playing a clip from Michael Richard's 2006 stand-up routine in which he can be heard calling members of the audience the N-word. If you feel this is not appropriate for your listenership, Please fast forward approximately 35 seconds and enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you, and we look forward to hearing from you.
1: Aaron here with a very important message. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our hosts is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion ethnic group club organization company entity individual or anyone or anything thank you and enjoy the show
0: All right, so that beer opening brings us to another week of Drunk Week in Review. Uh, we're doing well. We are now two weeks in a row, which has been crazy for us uh, in the past couple months with everybody's schedule, but we're back. Aaron shirtless. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've got some Ranger panties on because it's a little warm in my apartment. Me too. <laughs> and we are here to bring you another week of of um misconstrued thoughts, thoughtless thoughts and rabbits. Are we talking
1: like thoughts like as in that hoe over there?
0: No. No, no, no. No, no, no. One thought, two thoughts. No, I know what you're thought, talking about. I appreciate it. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I got I I'm not too old that I can't keep up with the lingo. However, I have I have started putting one of my soldiers in the corner because he says sheesh all the time. And so every time he goes Sheesh! I, I make him go stand in the corner. As you should. <laughs> Cause I can't fucking take it. <laughs> it's so he, he uses it. He uses it. Um, as we did when we were growing up, and used like for everything. You just inserted it. You're like like, and then like and then like. I was like uh like doing this. Oh, so your soldier sounds really smart. Uh, this is the dude who uh, this is the dude who paid somebody to write that book we plugged for uh, <laughs> for like two or three weeks on this episode we're on this show. Uh,
1: hey, could you buy that and just give it an
0: honest review and post it? Uh yeah, I probably could. I probably should. Um it's it's a real short book. It's like 40 something pages, so.
1: Yeah. Well, um before we dive into that, anything too heavy because of uh I don't know poor critical thinking skills on the behalf of, you know, legislators and lawmakers. Uh, what are you drinking? And then, you know, a I'll probably ask the same question that you really like to uh, rag on me for. I, by the way, last week's episode
0: was really good. Um, what uh, are you drinking, or is it just the old yellow belly? It's still yellow belly. I've still I've still got like six left out of this case that I had before I even went to Texas. Um, I really because I spend so much time um, with with Caitlin, and uh, most of my drinking's done over there. So. I, I don't really keep beer in the house anymore. Uh, she's gone for a month, which means I'm actually going to have to start buying beer to keep it here. Um, that's going to be yeah. weird. My bu- my alcohol budget is going to go up.
1: Yeah, well, uh, so the only thing that I've been really doing different is I've been spending a lot of time with Maddie, and her family's uh, got some wine drinkers in there. So I actually, because I ran out of time this evening, only had... Cold Chardonnay, which actually is hitting a spot right now, ooh, because it is a
0: scorcher around here, did you have it with uh did you have it with anything a fish or anything that a white wine typically goes with? No, I cracked this
1: one open fresh tonight for the pod. um I thought maybe I could make
0: it to the beer store, and I was like, ah, you know
1: what, um since I just took on the new apartment or actually it's a house um I'm being a little bit more frugal with where I spend my money now,
0: yeah, that's smart. I had to do um I spent about fifty five hundred dollars getting my truck fixed while I'm on leave. Um, it, this is the first maintenance I've done to my vehicle. I bought this vehicle in two thousand seventeen at one hundred nineteen thousand miles. I'm at one hundred and ninety eight thousand miles. Um, I am avid about the maintenance on the vehicle, so I don't miss I don't miss oil changes. I don't miss tire rotations, anything like that. But when I bought the truck had a slight wiggle in the front end, um, and I knew at some point it was going to need to be repaired, and I finally just pulled the trigger, um, and I just rebuilt the entire front end, and for $5,500, if this truck gives me another 50 to 70,000 miles out of it, I get another two years out of it, I'm super happy, Um, so I'm kind of letting that sit there and (laughs) pay that down, um, so I understand the being frugal part of it. But I mean, I also just like Coors Original.
1: <laughs> right, right. I, I just, uh, I got used to spending like 30 or $40 a day on craft beer. And I was like, oh, oh God. Now that no. I have, I, well, I mean, my rent was almost negligible when I was yeah. living in South Tacoma, you know? Yeah, you're going to have to go back um, to drinking Rainier all the time. Uh, it's good beer. I haven't brought myself to it, but I, I mean, like, I'm not above it either.
0: Yeah, it's good beer.
1: Um, it's a great logger. Well, so but, um,
0: have you gotten my housewarming gift yet?
1: I got two really awesome T-shirts, a pint koozie, and stickers.
0: No, I haven't. Se- I haven't gotten. You haven't gotten it yet. All right. I'm hoping I, I. I'm pretty sure I sent it to the right address. I'm hoping it just takes a while.
1: Well, I mean, I did get some bills. Did you send me your bills and just address them to me?
0: No, I sent you a little gag gift. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. I don't wanna I kinda uh, wh- wanna ruin it, but I don't want to ruin it.
1: No, don't do that.
0: <laughs> uh uh, what do you well I don't want to step on your toes, but uh you listen to anything fun? It's been two weeks since we caught up with you. There's been some new uh, just, albums that dropped. Just the new Isaiah Rashad
1: album. Um I have not heard any rock and roll or um good like country music this year, and that I mean like I'm gonna say it. Even the new Drive by Trucker's record was kind of lackluster. Really? Um,
0: Yeah. Is this the the live re-release that they did?
1: Well, unless I'm getting things mixed up, I thought they did a a release in early 2021.
0: Oh, yeah. No, they did do that, too. Uh, But they were re-releasing another album. Uh, Well. um, It was on vinyl. I haven't listened to their live album yet. Yeah, they were Um, re-releasing an album on uh, double vinyl. Well, I mean, they're still one of my favorite, like,
1: groups. I just, I haven't gotten around to listening anything by them in a long time.
0: JP JP Harris just put out his new one in June or July, and he's a honky-tonk master, and he went, he did the same thing Sturgill did, and this whole album is bluegrass. Okay. It's pretty good. Uh, Yeah. That's my, like, that's been my breakaway from metal, because there has been just some incredible... Artists releasing stuff. Uh, I don't know. You ever hear of the band Bullet for My Valentine back in the early two thousands? They were kind of like screamers, yeah, like screamo yeah. metalcore kind of thing. They have yeah, gone another. like they've gone almost straight metal with their two brand new releases, which are phenomenal. And then I've been getting really heavy into this uh, Russian band called Slaughter to Prevail, which is just brutal. Okay. Okay. So is this like some workout music? Uh, this. is... <laughs> I mean, I just listen to it. This is like what I put on in the shower. Um, <laughs> I, I I can work out to anything. I can work out to a podcast. I can work out to like slow honky tonk country music. I can work out to metal. It music. I just enjoy music, so it's something for me to just kind of not focus on how much I'm hurting. Um, Understood. But I I had this argument at least three or
1: four times a year with my brother, but he it drives him crazy because I've. I've become such a curmudgeon when it comes to like listening to anything. It's either country music, rock and roll, or hip hop, um or funk or afro afro um Afro pop, is that what it's called? It's I don't like know. the the Budos band. Oh man, that's a lot of fun. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make though is like I am so narrow in my understanding
0: and I don't but like it. N- you're I've never not liked it. My dad's the same way. You're really not though, because you go from you go from um you know, your favorite, your garage rock, um, to your Waylands, to your Willys, to your Merle. Um and then you get like you deep dive into some really good hip hop and rap. Um mm-hmm. you're not so I just uh, Saturday, uh, the thirty first, I'd spent sixteen hours uh driving four horses up to Vermont. Uh it was miserable. It's all it's an eighteen it's an eight hundred mile drive and it took a six 16 hours to put that in perspective uh, from here to te- from here to Austin was 1200 miles. And that only took me 18 hours to put it in perspective.
1: So uh, do you have like a dually and
0: yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're, in, we're yeah, we're in her dually and her like 42 foot trailer. Uh, going through New Jersey and Connecticut and Washington D.C. with the let me tell you about changing lanes in Washington D.C. with the dueling a forty-two foot trailer. That's a lot uh, of fun. No, thank you.
1: Uh, just follow a semi and hope that somebody lets you in.
0: <laughs> no, we were passing all the semis. We were doing like seventy-eight on the highway. <laughs> um, but the, the where I'm going with this is I real like I know I I pigeonhole my music uh, because we're listening the to the satellite radio and. You know, she's got – Caitlin's got um, her phone hooked up to it, so we're kind of going back and forth between what's on her phone and what's on the satellite radio. And um, several times she's like, oh, yeah, you know this song. And I go, I don't. She's like, no, you've heard of this band. I was like, I haven't. And it's all modern either pop music or modern country music. She's like, there's no way you haven't heard this. I go, look, I I listen to about five stations on my satellite radio. I listen to Octane, which is like current hard rock and metal. I listen to uh, Turbo, which is 90s and 2000s hard rock and metal. So it's like a lot of Limp Bizkit and Nine Inch Nails and just let your mind go with late 90s and early 2000s hard rock. Um, and then Liquid Metal, which is all it's all the way from the 70s to current. So you're getting everything from Ozzy to Megadeth and Slayer to like brand new, just deep metal um yeah no it is fucking metal and then (laughs) on the other side of that i listen to outlaw country and willie's roadhouse and outlaw country's all the new country music and willie's roadhouse is um you know 50s 60s 70s country it's all the good honky-tonk stuff so i really pigeonhole myself on that
1: well i cut from the same cloth. Uh, you know the only thing I might do is I might sub out your metal station for a garage station then actually Yeah, you'd as probably I remember li- Lithium was pretty good. Yeah, oh
0: yeah, Lithium's the other one I listen to. So uh, you, you know, you and I can
1: I'll usually catch some like um, really good contemporary uh, grunge rock, which y- is nice yeah. and and grunge is a really nice um Well, you'd probably listen to like for. Alt
0: Nation or XMU or something like that.
1: I don't know, man. Um so 20 years ago like uh or fifteen years ago, sixteen years ago, I'm I'm a teenager, and Modest Mouse comes on the scene, and oh yeah, you know Modest Mouse just released a new album, so I tried putting it on, and I was like, I don't, I know that like the lead singer Isaac Brock is probably ten, fifteen years older than I am, but I still feel like not young enough to listen to it anymore. So I just I listened to like one song. I was like, it was fine. That'd be like
0: trying to listen to Morrissey nowadays, yeah. Yeah, something along those lines you're going I just don't or or whatever the new Fallout boy is now that they've gone pop and they've got away from emo you're just going no this isn't the same. Mm. Yeah. So uh some stuff just
1: doesn't hit the same way that it used to, I guess.
0: Now, and I I I've I've, I've, been, I've been doing better about making sure that I I'm swapping back and forth between my rock and my country because I'm missing out on a whole lot of country. I'm um, to, to the point that Cody is constantly sending me new artists and he usually discovers a lot of Texas and red dirt stuff. Whereas I would discover a lot of the Americana folk stuff. Um, and now he's sending me stuff that I should have picked up on. And I'm going, Oh, I'm spending too much time listening to this genre. I need to, I need to move it away.
1: Cody, go ahead and CC me on that, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all on Spotify uh,
0: and you don't have Spotify. Oh, well, I guess we could send it to you, and then you just have to look up the artist. And
1: I do that. Yeah. So, for my friends with uh, Spotify, I do that with. Um, Jonathan doesn't do Spotify. He does iTunes music, so that's nice. And when that's what you do, do right? I can just pull it up. I do, but, I mean, like, I've had iTunes, you know, since 15 years ago. So, like, all of my purchased movies and music, like, when I was deployed, I would, every payday – I would buy a new album and a new, like, a new movie a download it. Absolutely. Absolutely. you're
0: like... What I do now is um, when I go every... I'm supposed to go like every other Saturday, but it's more like every third Saturday when I go get my haircut. Um, from my apartment, it's about a five-minute, ten-minute walk to my barbershop. And on the way back, I go by the record store, and I pick up a new LP. Um, whether it's... Oh, you're doing that. Oh, yeah. No, no. Whether it's an old... Um, like, the last one I picked up was a sealed copy of Silver Chairs, Neon Ballroom, one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh, yeah. Um, or if it's a new release, you know, they happen to have um, they happen to have a copy of, I think, Sarah Shook was the last one that I picked up, and it was still sealed. And, you know, it's not new news. She came out a year or two ago with this album, but it was good. Okay, cool. Uh, um, three Minutes on Baseball? How's it feel Kendall Graveman, your starting closer, gets traded away, and the Rangers walk off the Mariners two games in a row. I'll put it to you this way, man. I've been so inundated
1: with either house-sitting for uh, a buddy of mine, Maddie. I've house-sit and dog-sat for twice. I crashed the bike, and I felt I was out of commission for about a week and a half. So, I mean, like, July is a wash. I haven't gotten to do anything. Like, I watched my first inning of baseball, like, when I was – at the bar but I was actually supposed to be hanging out with somebody and I was just like watching TV you know yep. like
0: well continue to not use my account at your will and uh, <laughs> watch games. it wouldn't
1: matter I'm in a blackout region that's
0: what well I mean I always watch it I always watch it afterwards okay or especially that's a good one since you work from home you could just wake up the next morning and just have it kind of going with the sound off is that how it works yeah you can watch it the next morning you can watch it 90 minutes after the game ends I wasn't
1: aware, so that changes everything. Yeah, you can
0: watch it 90 minutes after the game ends. When we lived in Korea, um, because the games would come on at 2 o'clock in the morning, so after work, I would get home and watch the previous night's game. Yeah. Yeah, so 90 minutes after the game ends, you can watch it. Okay.
1: Well, uh, that's that's perfect, because, I mean, like, um, uh, Maddie's moving in, so now I've got, like, an office. Uh, Well, it's going to be a slow process, but, um, yeah, like, yes— she showed up yesterday, and she had brought over, like, a bunch of kitchen stuff, which really helps. But she also brought over, you know, like, a big 40, 50-inch TV. And, you know, I've got, like, a, a little monitor because I've been living in a bedroom, and now I have a house. So, I've like, I'm missing a house worth of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you that if you don't want to watch a whole game, the best way to do it is you wake up in the morning, and you go to you go to scoreboard. Right. So if uh, if as long as it's before like noon uh, Eastern time, so not 9, 9 a.m. your time, go to scoreboard and it'll have the previous day's games up and you click on the game you want to see. Right. So whoever the Mariners are playing tonight. So you go on scoreboard, you hit that and then scroll really fast to the bottom and click on the very bottom link. And that'll be the condensed game. And it's like a 12-minute version, and it's all the highlights, and it's all the strikeouts, it's all the best plays, it's all the home runs, all the scoring plays, all that. And you can go through and watch the entire league at 12-minute games or 15-minute games. And it's a good way to just kind of like sit back and go, oh, my God, this play that everybody was talking about. And if the next day's games are on, so like if you you logged on right now and you hit scoreboard, it's going to show all today's games, and all you got to do is go back one day. And you can watch, that's what I do. If I miss the games, I just watch condensed games, and I'll watch the entire league.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, help me out. Um, Catch me up with the last month of baseball. What does the AL
0: AL West look like right now? So um, the Astros are still, of course, in first place. Um, The Athletics are doing really well. Uh, I'm rooting for the Athletics and the Mariners this year. The Mariners have been on a tear. Now that they traded away Kendall Graveman and a couple other people, I'm really worried about them. Um, The A's made some good acquisitions. The Astros really made no moves at the trade deadline. So I think the A's have a chance to overtake them. Um, the angels are didn't really, I don't think the angels traded away any key players. The Rangers got rid of their best two pitchers and Joey Gallo.
1: So they're going to go into rebuild.
0: Yeah. Well, they've been in rebuild since the 2000 and whatever the fuck that was 2014 and 2015 and 2016, uh, years, but they're full, like they're full rebuild. I'm just really worried that we're going to lose Chris Woodward in the next two years, which is our manager. Um, it'd be like if Mariners went in full rebuild. So the Rangers are sitting at 38 and 67, and it'd be like if the Mariners were at that and they just got rid of Scott's service. Um, Okay. And Scott's been around for y'all for so long, it'd be tough to... I don't know. I'd be be very, very upset if if the Rangers dump Woody um, because he's just been so key in bringing up a lot of players. Um, I don't give a shit about the Astros. They're still... There's still one player that they have to get – well, there's there's about three players that they have to get rid of before I'll consider rooting for them again. But my biggest one is Yuli Gurriel for calling you, Darvish, a slur of Asian-Americans or Asians ahead of one of the games in the 2017 World Series.
1: Interesting. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I think that's a really great segue because uh, sportsmanship is something that I – like, I hold very dear to me. And um, it's probably because I've always been a big fucking loser, right? And I just hate losing so much. I hate losing – oh, man, this is from Moneyball. I hate losing more than I want to win. Yes. Yeah, I that's a great that. line. Because, I mean, like, that's that's how I felt, you know? And, you know, when I, when I win anything, I'm always just, like, I turn around and I make sure that everybody knows that I think that they did
0: a good job and I, like – you're a team right. player. Right. That's that's the way to do it. Well, yeah. Hey, you finally got a good fucking segue. Congratulations. So we'll get into this week's topic. Uh, this week's topic is going to, it's going to mostly focus on the Olympics, but we're talking about athletes and sportsmanship and what athletes owe us, what professional athletes owe us. Um, I'm going to consider everybody that competes in the Olympics professional athletes, now, um, baseball is in the Olympics, and most of the people that are playing for them are considered um, professional athletes because they belong. If they're, if at least if they're Americans, they belong to some kind of farm system for a major league team. Every single one of them belongs to some farm system. Uh, this, they're not doing the same thing that like soccer does, where you're released from your club. Uh, to go play for your national team. Uh, I wish they would do that because I think that'd make – I think that'd make baseball very interesting if clubs released star players to go play for the national team. Um, I mean, it only happens every four years. You could skip the all-star game. Well, look at the – then every two years, you have the World Baseball Classic, which happens during the middle of the summer, right, or the early fall. Um. And, yeah, so uh, either way. um, What's more important to you, individual player clout? Like in the Pro Bowl? Well, the, you know. Or the national. The clubs are going to tell you that, you know, right now the Astros would not release any of their players. I guarantee you the Astros are not going to release any of their players to go play for a national team. The AL East is heated up, and nobody for Tampa Bay, Yankees, or Boston is going to release any of their players. Texas could afford to release players to go play. Um You know, Detroit could, Pittsburgh could. Uh, That's not the point. So, we started off this week. um, The idea from this came from Simone Biles. Uh, Simone Biles withdraws from the U.S. Olympic team. Uh, She was not feeling 100%, medical issues, and mental health issues. We have discussed at length the importance of taking care of your mental health on this podcast.
1: Uh, according to NBC, it was uh, the emotional toll of the Tokyo Games, uh, not a physical injury, uh, prompted her to withdraw. Correct. Physically, I feel like I'm in shape. Uh, I feel, or physically, I feel good. Says um, Simone Biles, "I feel good. I'm in shape. Emotionally, it varies on the time and moment. Coming to the Olympics and being the head start isn't an easy feat."
0: Yeah, it's tough. Um, It's very tough. The amount of pressure, especially when you look at niche. Niche. Is it niche? Niche? Niche sports? I don't uh, know. N-I-C-H-E. You're you're, you're, you're pulling a Ted Lasso. No, I'm pulling a Cody. Um, How's it pronounced there? Help me out. Birthday. Yeah, I've only read it. Is it niche? 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 Niche sports? Um, But when you look at stuff like this, uh, when you look at gymnastics, um... Track and field, powerlifting, equestrian, um, what other what other sport, fencing, uh, stuff like this. You're, you're talking athletes that start anywhere between four to six years old, um, and they, groomed is a terrible word to use. They're not groomed, but they are, they are tracked, you know, and by 10 years old, they know if these, if these are Olympians or not what were you gonna say uh it seems
1: like it'd be just like um the most competitive contestants from around the world in like track and field and then um they started borrowing from the extreme sports side where you know now snowboarding skateboarding um cycling i think was in the olympics but i don't know when that started but this year we have mountain bike racing
0: on top of time trials um so I'm, I'm kind of looking at sports that, you know, cycling, um, professional cycling, what does that look like? That looks like the Tour de France? That would be the Tour, yeah. Okay, so. Um, pr- in the United States, we have our own professional touring series. Um, but- ba- uh, skateboarding, snowboarding, all those um, extreme sports is what they're technically classified as. They all have sponsorships, and they are making plenty of money. Um, but gymnasts aren't. You know, Simone Biles... For God's sake,
1: they're 18, 19 years old. They're either in high school or they're freshmen in college.
0: Um, Swimming. You know, all these endorsements, the reason Michael Phelps is as rich as he is just comes from endorsements. You know, it's getting your face on the box of Wheaties and stuff like that. The amount of pressure put on athletes to compete for their nation and hope that they can get... A sponsorship one day in hopes to pay the bills um, I, you have to be very your family has to be very affluent to be able to afford you to do this in hopes that you're going to be able to afford to pay the bills on your own one day would you would you say that's fair
1: yeah i'd say that's fair
0: um so it, th- this all we're gonna start with simone Biles. We're gonna get into we're gonna get into um, a German cyclist, uh, or we're gonna get into a German cycling chief, and uh, Aaron will explain what that means. We're gonna get into a Belarusian sprinter, um, and then we're gonna get into Laurel Hubbard, which is the New Zealander um, transgender weightlifter. So lots of stuff is happening. First of all, this is still the 2020 Olympics, even though it's being held in 2021. Um, and so we'll kind of break it down case by case, and we're going to go into other professional athletes. I, I guarantee you, Kaepernick gets brought up in here somewhere, and Tim Tebow gets brought up in here somewhere. But let's start with the outrage of Simone Biles. Um, do you, do you want to kind of lead us off from what you've seen, what your perspective on this has been, your thoughts or anything?
1: My perspective on it is that there's like a lot of like internal national outrage from lawmakers and and just other political activists from across the United States that just want to damn Simone Biles for uh, effectively. Uh, you could say quit. For, no, she didn't know she withdrew. And I know that it's kind of one and the same, but. Also, if you're not mentally stable or you can't handle the pressure, then why are you – why would you do it? How many times have you done something you don't want to do because you're emotionally unstable? Yeah, I went to basic and training. And what is your
0: product like? I went to basic training, and that was a fucking nightmare. And I can't how was t- your product? It was awful. I mean, I, I – you know, it was. I was 25 when I went through, so it was a little bit easier to draw myself through it. But I remember – specifically, remember three weeks into it telling my bunkmate that I wanted to quit. I was like, I'm going to raise my hand and just select myself out. Um, and the amount of inner turmoil that went on became, because it's not about me at that point. Well, it it was 50, 50, you know, 50, 50. Am I quitting for me? Why am I quitting? And then the other half of that is what is everybody else going to think about me? And the 50% that said, what is everybody else going to think about me? Weighed more like 90%. Um, and I can only imagine at a national level when you have whatever the U.S. populace is, one. what do we at? like 300 billion or 300 million? Um,
1: it's a weighty number. Yeah,
0: it's uh, 332 million or 330, yeah, 332 um, million people. Um, I can only imagine what that weight feels like when you say, I have to do this for myself. Am I letting down 332 million minus one person?
1: But I think uh,
0: for Bales, uh, simply
1: reframing the argument in your head would, would do you so much service where it's like, you can say that you're letting down the United States of America, but really how many of those people do you know? And um, did you raise your right hand to uphold and defend the constitution? Or did you just say that you were going to go compete in, you know, a competitive um, volunteer sport for fun. Well, because
0: it's supposed to be fun. Well, right? Yeah, and let's let's juxtapose this with Simone Biles, who is a gold medal winner several times over, um, who is told that we've brought her up before that there was moves she wasn't allowed to do because they could not be judged fairly against her competitors who could not do these moves. And now that she's withdrawing, they're going, well, it's not fair that you're not going to be judged equally. So we already know she's not going to be judged equally because her her athleticism is through the roof. Her ability to perform is incredible. So you can't do this because we can't judge you fairly. And now she doesn't want to do it. And everybody's screaming, well, you should be doing this so you cannot be judged fairly uh, to represent your nation. And at the same time, they have people pissing and moaning about, well, uh, uh, Rapinoe. Rapinoe. should the women's team should just walk away if they're not going to compete and stand up for the nation at the national anthem. So the same people who piss and moan that Simone Biles is withdrawing because she's a winner don't look at the women's national team who's won back-to-back golds, Right? Yeah, they won back-to-back golds in the World Cup. Um, they're happy that they're losing to Canada going, these fucking traitors who refuse to stand for the national anthem walk away. So what they want, they don't want Simone Biles to stay. They want winners to stay. This perceived notion that she's going to get gold every time she competes. Um... They, they want winners to stay that way they can raise their flags even higher and say we're the best in the world when we know for a fact that we are not the best in the world unless it was basketball until this year <laughs> when we got our shit pushed in by, like, two other countries. Can I ask you what prompted
1: you to pick this article as opposed to anything else that's going on in the news? I mean, what makes this one kind of stand out? Um, the article you sent over is the Texas Deputy Attorney General Yes, I don't even know what a deputy attorney general is. Um, so Ken Paxton is uh, are... an assistant to the guy that's the big guy. So, yeah. what's this mean to you to just kind of say something? Uh, I'm going to say I think it's, I think it's off-colored, and I think it's completely inappropriate.
0: So, um, Texas's attorney general is Ken Paxton. We all know. Ken Paxton, from the January 6th and from the election. Ken Paxton has sued several times to overturn election results. He has stoked the flames of January 6th. He has stood by uh, the Three Percenters, the Proud Boys, um, in, <laughs> in supporting the alt-right view. Uh, this is not the rights view. This is the alt-right view of the election and what the flag stands for. Where Where is his tweet? Did it get deleted already? Um, so, Texas Deputy General Aaron Wrights called Simone Biles a national embarrassment for withdrawing from the games.
1: Contrast this with our selfish child national embarrassment Simone Biles. That's, that's what
0: Aaron uh, Reitz and tweeted. And this is, This is he puts up a video, a very famous video, of Kerry Strug um, nailing a routine with a busted ankle and winning gold in the 96 games. The 96 was Atlanta, I believe. That was during the bombing. Um, so not only is he shitting on an athlete who is taking – Care of herself mentally in preparation for future games so she can compete again. Um, but a native Texan, Biles is from Houston. Uh, that's one of the strongest um, Olympic programs in the nation for gymnasts. Uh, next to Colorado is out of Houston. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big uh, Olympic gym. Huh. That's what. That's what bothers me. And and it even goes off, says my personal social media comments do not represent attorney general Paxton or the office of the attorney general. In a moment of frustration and disappointment, I opined on subjects for which I am not adequately versed. That was an error. I can't imagine what Simone Biles has gone through.
1: Is that a fair enough apology? Or do you think, uh, like a meet and greet situation between, uh, between, you know, the deputy attorney general and, uh, Professional athlete to kind of discuss what to discuss in person an apology or or do you think that wouldn't have any meaning? Would there would this does this tweet smooth it over? Let me let me ask
0: let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this. Let's put it in let's put it in a reference or in in a frame of reference here. Um at your job, you are in the top ten percent of what you do. Okay, uh, you are. Your company is. It doesn't even have to be nationally known, but you are an internal board meeting, and you've been invited there. Um, you're. You are ninety nine out of a hundred, and the one time you screwed up happened to be once in the last quarter. And you're sitting at this board meeting, and in front of everybody. Your CEO says, "Um, you know what? You were good, but you really embarrassed the shit out of this company because you asked for a day off for your mental health during our peak sales season. Um, And it's really disappointing that you couldn't be there for the team. Afterwards, you're released and the the board meeting conducts and the board members basically rail your uh, your your boss who says this right. Hey, you're looking at one failure out of 99 productions. He comes out the next day and sends you an email that says, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. That's not I, I overlooked 99 productions and looked at one failure." What is your level of respect for this person at this point, And do you care to go meet him? JM, I'm guilty of doing the same thing, though.
1: Damning people for the one wrong thing that they did.
0: Yeah. 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 Then the-
1: so, to Just to be clear, Biles did nothing wrong. No.
0: She was sick. I'm not saying she did anything wrong. I'm putting it into a, like, an everyday man perspective. Or an every per- everyday person perspective. Every
1: person, yeah. I mean, it doesn't
0: matter. What I'm what I'm doing is saying that. Do you really care to go meet that person that just shit on you in front of everybody, even though everybody else backed you up and said, "No, you're wrong." Do you Do you even care? Or do you go? This is now- the part
1: where I get really kind of cranky because um, I am tired of being the bigger person when it comes to stuff like this, but as a public figure, I think it would behoove Simone Biles to go and, you know.
0: No, oh, I so,
1: think it's up to the two of them to have that meeting and no, discuss, you know. You know in what? Know,
0: in the in the 80s and the 90s, maybe the early 2000s, mid-2000s, yeah, I agree. And in 2021, I think she takes a stand and go, I don't care what you think, I did this for myself. No, I don't want to meet you. You said those words, they came from a place of feeling, they came from your heart. I don't care that you said something that said, I, uh, I opined on subjects for which I'm not adequately versed, and then turned around and says, Simone Biles is a true patriot and one of the greatest gymnasts of all times. I apologize to her and wish her well. That means nothing to me anymore. Because you said it. You took off the mask and you said exactly what you were thinking. That will I will always and forever know that this is what this is what you had to deal with, or this is what you thought, and you don't understand. I've lost all respect for from if I'm Simone. But Biles, don't you
1: think this is one of the pivotal problems between uh, the bipartisan era that we live in? And this is this is definitely a rabbit hole. But I think the inability of people to just talk it out and come to some sense of agreement or at least understanding. Don't you think that's one of the problems that we have right now? No,
0: no, 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 uh, absolutely not. Because or, I think, Or
1: am I just missing the mark here?
0: No, uh, it, we can agree to disagree on this because for me, okay. I will always say that she is within her rights to say, she is within her rights to go, no. No. Yeah, I can meet with you, but just so you understand on an in front of God, the nation, everybody, um, this is what you represent to me. The I, I don't know what it I, would I take. I guess I just don't know Aaron
1: Reitz as much as other I Texans do. I don't either. But Aaron Reitz is the deputy attorney general, so he's gotta be, you know, pretty close with
0: Ken? Yeah. Paxton. Yep. Okay, I just want to make sure I had that right. But I don't know. It's 2021, and in 2021, I think standing up for factors such as mental health is more important than standing up for standing up for bipartisanship and standing up for I'm willing to play nice in front of the cameras. She, she. I don't think
1: this is about playing nice, J.M., and I want to point that out. This is about, like, hey, you said something, and uh, maybe you apologize in person, not over a tweet, and then we talk about what mental health awareness means, and then you can come up with a plan because you're a state lawmaker that says that, hey, look, um, I said something out of turn, and I'm going to go ahead and make an effort to change things, Um
0: but it all be that's, for the camera. But I, I, that's I what guess, I'm saying, and that's
1: that's me. And I'm, you know, but I'm not the one that's serving serving as a deputy attorney general. I'm well, just, but
0: this is all going to be for the cameras, though. And on a national level, what what does a face to face meet and greet look like? the The press is for sure going to be there. There's going to be pictures of them shaking hands, sitting down over a cup of tea, and talking about problems. And then, and then. Uh, Wrights is going to walk away and Simone's going to walk away and nothing will have changed other than this press conference that has effectively been a national or nationally televised or nationally orchestrated apology. Um, uh, that, it's the same. It, it's no different. It's no different than any public figure who comes out and says something controversial and then tries to walk it back. And everybody goes, no, we know exactly what you stand for and what you think now. Apologize all you want. Bring me onto your show, absolutely. And then when you try to apologize, I'm going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this isn't the first time you've said this. Remember when you said that? And remember when you said that? Oh, oh, oh I didn't mean those either. Oh, you, you now you're going to walk back comments from eight years ago. When your, when your line has been this. I think I think Simone Biles being the big when you say being the bigger person, being the bigger person is denouncing him, denouncing his comments, and going, This is exactly what I'm fighting against and why I had to do it. Because I've suffered through sexual abuse. I've suffered through
1: um, well, it doesn't matter what it was. You're suffering through something that does not make you able to perform your um your trade and in, in the case of Biles that would be being professional gymnast so yeah and God forbid God forbid she puts her foot down the wrong way and she breaks her ankle and she can never walk again probably not going to happen but injury can't can
0: lead to something else well I mean think about this what if she goes out and doesn't even place and then everybody looks at her and goes well she's done she's a one-off. It'd be like Michael Phelps coming back right now and not even qualifying or coming in dead last in every single race and everybody's going, oh, I mean, he used to be great when in reality, you know, maybe his dog died while he's in Tokyo and this is a dog that he had for 15 years or whatever the case may be. You can be physically fit all you want, but if your heart and soul and mind isn't in it because you're dealing with other shit, then you can't compete. Period. Uh, No, I, you know, that's what I'm saying. Agree to disagree on, agree to disagree on, on the face-to-face. She can face-to-face all day what she wants. And if she does, I hope that she blasts him. And just, not makes an ass out of him, but puts him on the spot and say, I challenge you to get up there and actually do something about walking back your comments. Just like you said, you're yeah, a lawmaker. Here's a personal
1: anecdote. And and the reason, and, and I think hopefully it'll become apparent why this personal anecdote uh, becomes um, relevant. Uh, I sat down with a friend of mine over the weekend and one of the things that we discussed was what it's like to work in the beer and restaurant industry. Um, And I was serving tables at a bar in Tacoma and um, I got offered another position somewhere else and I took it and when I took that position I was immediately um, granted the opportunity to train as a bartender so I was no longer serving tables Um, turns out both jobs suck and both jobs are really fucking hard but also one of the things that I did was is anytime anybody ever asked me about the bar that I came from I never said anything nice well, I mean, was it deserved? Um, look, in hindsight, I think, uh, there were merits to what I was, was saying, but also, um, I think it's really unfair to, to shit on other people, period. I, I don't. uh I so I think it just alienates yourself. So and I think that uh, Aaron Reitz, I think he's a moron. Number one, but also like when you say something like um, that, she's selfish or childish, or she's a disappointment, outrage, a disappointment and embarrassment. Oh no, embarrassment. Um, I'm more, I'm more disappointed in that we're actually saying what we think about people rather than just letting them be who they are and letting their character speak for themselves. I think Biles' character is already made where she stands up in front of the most competitive sport or or, or one of the most competitive competitions you can be in and and God I mean how proud would you be if you got to be, you know, competitive Athlete in any capacity. Tell me. I mean, how proud would you be? Absolutely. You look at the. um, I think it. What if a friend had died, or your parent had died, or your depression had finally hit its pinnacle and you could not perform at the level that you could perform? I think it's unfair to damn anybody. Period. No, without knowing I, I, who they are, I,
0: like, I don't. Inside and out, I don't. Because uh, let me put it in. The, let me put it in this perspective. Both you and I have served under commands that were absolute trash. You have both you and I have worked for employers that were absolute garbage. So one of my favorite one of my favorite sayings, and this is kind of my mantra that I go through work every day, is one day I will be able to effect great change. Today is not that day, so today I will affect the greatest change that I can, right? So, I have worked for commands that are absolute garbage. Just they do everything to make sure that the numbers are good, that the slide is green, you know, that we are X percent out of 100. So we look good on paper, and it comes at the cost of the people doing the job. And I have openly talked trash about these people saying you don't want to go here. Do not work for these people. However, if you do, you need to try to come to this section, this section, or my section. Because we can at least protect you from some of that. And, you know, it, it, it's no different. The bar that you talk trash on, the ownership may have been absolute garbage. But you and the other bartenders or you in the back of the house or you in the front of the house may have done everything you can to provide a pleasant experience for both your customers and yourselves, knowing that you're going to suffer a little bit. But it's okay to tell people that these people are toxic. Stay away from them. However, if you do end up there, this is what you need to know and this is how you can affect the greatest change possible to make it a little better for the people coming in behind you, or for the people that are there to work with and for you, that's why I think it's okay.
1: Mm. That's a really good way to look at it. Uh, again, it's it's. Wha- but also, I wasn't that kind in my in my gesture towards them in the first place. Like it was it was pretty damning. But also, I mean, that was two or three years ago, so it's like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but, you know, I suppose we're talking about different things here, and it's... No, I think we're I talking about
0: the same thing. I think we're approaching it different ways, because I, I don't mind saying that this person is, this person, this management, these people are terrible, and and they have a propensity for being terrible, and it's not a one-off thing that just happened while I was there, and if you talk to other former employees, th- it was wonderful. Uh, maybe I was to be this. clear.
1: I have no problem saying that like, guys like you know Tucker Carson and and Donny J are are terrible people,
0: right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is it, but we're talking on a national level, and it, it, I don't know. I that's why I think it's I think it's okay to absolutely call out the the toxicity and the terrible nature of people if there is a propensity, if there's provenness that it's not. It was only bad when I was there, and you start looking around, and you go, shit, it was me. If everybody else is having the same experience, if you look at Blizzard, look at Blizzard Entertainment right now. The people that make WoW, Diablo, um, I can't remember what the other fucking... WoW and Diablo. StarCraft. StarCraft. um, But you look at that, and the employees, it's finally come to light, and every employee goes, yeah, this is a terrible, terrible place to work. And the employees are walking away saying, we're not going to work here don't come work for us, don't even play our fucking games anymore. Because it's okay to call that out. Because the employees did everything they could, the good employees, did everything they could to make the place better. And it just wasn't Mm -hmm. enough.
1: (laughs) Different approaches. I I like your approach. I just, I um am... I'm just a little more tight-lipped about it. Like, I'm not going to tweet. No, uh, no, hey, God. don't no. go to this bar. God, Or, no. hey, fuck this person, because I think they're uh, a jerk-off for not doing their part in competing. Yeah. Like, and- I'm not going to say these things, or I'm not going to... In Aaron Reese's words... An embarrassment,
0: yeah, um, and, and by no means am I saying childish this stuff. national
1: embarrassment. I'm not going to say damning things, and I'm not to saying this stuff in the public. I'm not saying sphere. this
0: stuff online about the command teams. I'm not saying this stuff in a public sphere about people you've that have friends worked for with.
1: many years, and you've never said anything about it to me. Yeah,
0: so, but I, I, I promise you that I warn people, and that's why I live by my like, especially in in my job, as I live by that mantra of one day I will be able to effect great change. Uh, but today is not that day. Today I'm going to effect the greatest change possible. And if that means sending my people home at three o'clock in the afternoon, because I know next week we're going to be here till eight o'clock at night, every single night, then guess what? That's great change, because I gave them their time back when I'm about to take it all back from them. So. With
1: with great power.
0: <laughs> Comes great responsibility. Oh, did you just finish my sentence? <laughs> um, talk to me about... Grab another glass of wine. Oh, really? That's what we're going to do? Because I was going to have you introduce this German uh, cyclist. Oh,
1: yeah, I would love to do this. Um, German cycling chief uh, is sent home from the Olympics after racist remarks. So, so what is a cycling chief? A cycling chief is just like your... It'd be, um, it'd be your GM if you're a baseball your general manager, your Scott service. Uh, who'd you say for the Rangers? You guy that uh, you don't want two
0: years. Yeah. Chris Woodward. Or, so this is your head coach, your head manager, your, yeah. for, okay.
1: Right. So the sporting director of the, the German cycling team was sent home for making <laughs> a racist comment about writers from Africa during the time trial. What the um, fuck? Yes. Um, this, uh, Patrick moster was heard on Wednesday using a racist phrase in the television broadcast of the race um, when he urged one of his riders to catch an Algerian rider
0: to and, get uh, an the Eritrean cam- rider to get the camel riders drivers drivers to get drivers. the camel, yes. camel yes. drivers
1: so uh, Patrick moster uh, violated Olympic rules and uh, fair play respect and tolerance are n- are not negotiable for team Germany um and uh Moster told the news that he made the wrong choice of words does that apology uh cover his ass or or did he just screw himself now nah, he screwed himself we don't need to talk about it <laughs> he says he sincerely apologizes i didn't want to discre- discredit anyone
0: uh who is this is great. So Algerian cyclist, Lagab, uh, I'm, I'm going to mess up this cyclist name. Uh, Azzedine Lagab, I think, says, well, there is no camel race in the hashtag Olympics. That's why I came to cycling. At least I was there in hashtag to- Tokyo 2020.
1: Hey, what a great way to respond to something that doesn't really need to... Like, we just we just fired you. You got sent home from one of the most competitive moments in human history because you said something... You suck. Now, I just uh,
0: let's. I love that. Let's be very clear on like what Algeria looks like, <laughs> because Algeria it's is a former French colony. It's by a the way. It's a French colony, and uh, the <laughs> most of the people are white. <laughs> like, there is a. In fact, the cyclist, the cyclist who uh, Azadine Lagab who retweets this is white <laughs> and he's still calling her or I'm sorry. He's still calling uh, it uh, a cyclist, Lagab <laughs> a, a camel driver. Um, So, Oh my God. Uh, I mean, you can, how, how long is it going to take you to get some wine? Because we can definitely, I, I can, I could talk over this real quick. You may just want to I mean, grab like, the bottle. I turn the corner. You just got to grab the bottle and bring it in. So let me. There we go. I'll just grab the bottle. Let, let me just go over this real quick. Um, <laughs> it is a so Algeria is a mostly Islamic nation, and when I say mostly Islamic, it is over ninety nine percent Islam. Uh, the official sect would be Sunni. Uh, and there is less than one percent that is christian or jewish uh it is absurd one it's ab- one it's absurd that in 2021 anybody with as much media presence as there is would make an outright just racist comment as this i i i think i think if if there was a guy from Alabama competing in the shot put and somebody said, out throw that redneck, you would hear, you would hear blowback. But to turn around and call somebody a camel driver, 100%. to turn around and call somebody a camel driver in 2021 is the most, you can't even call this as a brain fart. And this goes back to what I said about, uh, what I said about rights is this you have removed the mask you have said that i think everybody in algeria is camel drivers that's exactly what you have done on a national stage
1: but uh also this is kind of one of those um problems with the cycling community is when you get over to europe it's heavily predominantly um white male driven and um the Quote unquote status quo has always been to just put down everybody else because you don't look like us or whatever. Uh a friend of mine is um he's uh he's a black guy and he likes to race bikes, but um he's been dealing with all of his life. Uh just abject racism in cycling. Justin Williams, who we talked about months ago, also abject racism. And um it turns out, just because you went to Tokyo, you don't actually get to get away from it. The shame of it is, is that uh, again, and, and like Jam pointed out, is it's 2021. You think this sort of bullshit would have been antiquated by now, or at least
0: uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, come on, uh, I, I, you know, and this is what do athletes owe us? Athletes owe us that fucking tweet right there. Like that's that's what a professional athlete owes me. A professional athlete owes me the cognizance of saying, "You're a fucking moron, you racist piece of shit," and then clapping back at it in the most the most. I don't know this. I don't know how it gets any more perfect than this tweet right here. Who's like, yeah, I don't, I don't drive camels. I I I drive bikes, and that's why I'm in the Olympics. I guess if there was camel driving, maybe I could do it, but uh, uh, nope. <laughs>
1: I try to remember the last time I um, saw a camel race, and that would have been Brendan Fraser versus Rachel Weisz in the Mummy. And Rachel Rachel Weisz spanked some
0: ass. Oh my god! It, it, this is this is beyond absurd. This is <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I I don't get it. Well, and you had um, the, this goes along with um, the the Japanese guy, the official for the opening games. Oh, who? That's right. Oh yeah, the Japanese. Oh, did we do that like a, a month, month and a half ago? Uh, we mentioned it a couple weeks ago. Um, <laughs> not cool, bro. Yeah. Who said? Oh God. Uh, was he talking
1: about? He's like, um, fat shaming, or I
0: think that's what it was. Um, Oh, goodness. Uh, Day before the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics, the show's director has been fired over a Holocaust joke he made during a comedy routine 23 years ago. Uh, It's a little cancel culture for me. Um, You're talking in 1998. Um, But even in 1998, especially the Japanese... Who were on the wrong side of history in that one? Um, probably, you, you probably shouldn't be making those jokes. Um, I don't know. He's even like Tosh Point oh, Tosh or uh, Tosh. Oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Daniel Tosh. Daniel Tosh. Like Daniel Tosh is not going to be the official for anything because of his stand-up routines. Period. Whatsoever. Um, I feel bad laughing at a lot of
1: how it. How he's never gotten
0: like a death threat
1: on his show. Oh, I'm sure he has.
0: I'm sure he has. It's, it's no different than uh, Dave Chappelle and his abortion joke uh, a couple of years ago at his stand-up. Uh, that was... You take it how you will. Um, uh, <laughs> but...
1: Uh, well, what was the most cringy? comedy joke you ever saw for stand-up what was it
0: cringy stand-up joke
1: um yeah
0: the the one that just you're like yeah but you have to understand i have a very dark sense of humor so there's very few things that i've ever been most of the time i'm like oh that just wasn't very well executed um as racist or as terrible as it was that just it would have been better if you had said this well i'm asking if if
1: one stands out
0: no not particularly some of the um Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Who played Kramer on Seinfeld? Um,
1: The guy with the crazy hair. That's all I remember him for.
0: Yeah, Michael Richards. uh, When Michael Richards just straight up railed into that guy and called him the N-word like five different times. Um, Let me see. (laughs) Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: No. All
0: right, hold on a second. Uh, do, 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 do. But I bet he disappeared from public view Hold on a second Because the good thing about this Is I can insert audio Into here So give me a second And we're going to play it
1: Part of our safety brief message Is going to have to include that uh, There's a lot of swearing on here Okay, you ready for this? Go for it
0: uh, It's going to play an ad So let me get past. let me get past the ad um, I can't believe you don't I can't believe you don't know this video clip. This is this is famous as shit. <sighs> All right. I'll Another get, advertisement? Yeah, it's an advertisement. I'll get onto it mm-hmm. here in a second. But um it was terrible, 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 terrible. Uh yeah, so basically he he goes through and I guess there was a heckler. Um do, 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 do. Kyle Dawson African American told some friends on the cheap seat and he was playfully heckling Richards. Alright, here we go, here we go. Here we go. Fuck up your ass! <laughs> you
1: can talk! It shocks you. It shocks you to see what's buried beneath your
0: stupid motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like hard R and everything. Woo! <laughs> Don't. It, it, I, I'm gonna put that in the episode. Uh, we'll have to put like a trigger warning in there about that shit, but. Uh, Yeah. You're not too far from calling somebody a camel driver. No. No, I don't think so. And that was in the early 2000s? 2006. It was a huge disappointment. How many people still watch Seinfeld today?
1: Look, man... When's the last time a show aired.
0: I don't know uh, like, I didn't watch it yeah it mean,
1: was too young for
0: it but that's uh in 2006 before public outrage starts about people being absolute shitheads and racist, uh, Michael Richards, a multimillionaire at this point, makes this fast forward Fucking Nimrod. Fast forward 15 years and on national television at a televised event. Games that have been postponed a year to a worldwide epidemic where everybody just <laughs> wants to see stuff getting back to normal and you say this out loud. Go get that camel driver. That's right. Boy. Fucking shitheads. So. Uh,
1: Let's get into Belarus. What happened... Uh in Belarus, mm. the, the Belarusian uh, sprinter. All what, right,
0: what do we got here? So, Belarusian sprinter. Uh, I I read this name over and over and over, and I will do my best to pronounce it. Uh, Christina Timanovskaya. Uh, I'm going to go say Timanovskaya. Will seek political asylum in Poland after she refused to board a flight back to her home country from the from the Tokyo Games. So. Timonovskaya has been openly critical on Instagram of the coaches. They, they being the Belarusian team, Belarusian officials abruptly pulled her from the Olympics and took her to the airport before she could compete in Monday's 200-meter event. She was in a Emotional and psychological state is what the Belarusian Olympic Committee states. Now, Aaron, what happened in, August? August of 2020 with Belarus?
1: Uh, Lashenko declared himself the winner of the sixth term in office, and... uh Began prosecuting political uh, opponents.
0: Yeah, fair. Uh, it was a fair trial, right? Or a fair, fair and free election, just like we've had in Iraq, Iran, and Afghanistan. All these fair and free elections that we've been having recently, since the Americans have come and yep. stalled democracy. Oh, uh, Myanmar, Myanmar, fair and free election. Um, <laughs> uh, Lukashenko. When's the DOJ going to come after us? By the way, I'm curious. Uh, we, they can't because we have a legal brief.
1: Okay. Well, maybe that's what happened. Uh.
0: So, she's been openly critical. Um, she is removed from the games and taken to the airport and refuses to get on a plane. In Tokyo. There has been... Belarusian authorities are trying to put pressure on Timonovskaya by threatening her parents and added that her husband has already fled Belarus for Ukraine. Uh, She told Reuters that she was being punished the fact that I spoke on my Instagram about the negligence of our coaches. Now, this is a Soviet bloc nation, and they are expected to perform. We all know about the prowess of Soviet bloc. Um... In the Olympic Games, uh, especially hockey and gymnastics, you are expected to perform. If you come home without a medal, you better not come home at all. Uh, let's talk about what is it eighty eighty eight eighty two whatever the I can't remember what those games were, but the I guess it would have been like eighty six or eighty two. The uh, Miracle on Ice, where the Americans upset them. Mm. Um. Polish authorities have given her a humanitarian visa. She is now seeking asylum. Belarus during the middle of these games is still in political upheaval. What is what does Timonovskaya owe us as a professional athlete? Other than nothing.
1: An update when she
0: made it to Poland? Yeah. She's doing exactly what somebody with the national stage should do.
1: Criticize the government, or rather, criticize your coaches and uh, kick rocks, I guess. You know, I don't know. This one's – the Belarus is something that I've had a hard time – rather, there's so much news all the time that this one isn't something that I was really schooled up on. Um, it's just kind of funny to see so much political turmoil in such a short amount of time. Like whether it's um, national outrage for um, behavioral health issues, or uh, racist remarks, and now now we have somebody that's uh, critical of of team
0: leadership. Um, well, and it's not you got to remember in a nation like this, it's not team leadership. It's the, actually the country. Yeah, it's not team leadership like um, like Simone Biles as coach. We're not being critical because he wouldn't let her perform the routine she wanted to. She right. is openly critical at this point of the Belarusian dictator, Lukashenko. But She doesn't owe me anything, but she's doing what she needs to do to bring attention to to Belarus at another I'm curious, national like, world. What happened
1: when she was forcibly taken to the airport? Like,
0: oh, well, I've got an idea. Like, I think it involves black cars, people in suits, and some strong arms.
1: So, the DOJ when they were locking up people in Portland last summer.
0: Mm, I'm thinking more along the lines of Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein uh, inviting dissenters for a dissenters of the way he was the bath party that's right yeah so dissenters of the bath party who were still in government to you know come to a dinner and place all their belongings into labeled folders and then making them wait for a couple hours and then coming out and giving them all a thousand dollars after he spoke for 30 minutes and then the next time he holds congress having somebody up there with a prepared speech, labeling off or naming off a bunch of fake um, fake dissenters and people that are actively trying to uproot the government. That's what I think that looks like.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that checks out, especially for Soviet bloc nations. Um, I look forward to seeing this,
0: like, the outcome of this.
1: She's Lithuania... Because Lithuania is north of uh, Belarus. Is, uh, is Lithuania associated with the Soviet Union? or they no. no um, the they
0: are a NATO nation. However, you do have... No, I'm thinking of Latvia. Um,
1: Estonia?
0: No, I was thinking of Latvia that has... Um,
1: I think Li- Lithuania is definitely NATO because they, um, they would send their officer corps...
0: Well, Lithuania... Occasionally. Between Lithuania and Poland, you have that one little segment of Russia that borders on the Baltic. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Which is why we have NATO forces in Riga, up there in Latvia. Mm. Uh, Belarus is just southeast of Lithuania, borders Poland. Uh, The Czech Republic has also offered um, asylum, or offered political sanctuary to, uh, man, I, I just keep, uh, Tma- Tma- I, I know it's Timanovskaya. I'm going to keep calling her Christina. Keeps off they uh, the Czech Republic has also offered sanctuary to Christina there.
1: And last update is she on her way to Poland or Czech or is She's in Poland. Okay.
0: She's in Poland. From what I understand she's she in has Poland. a visa. Yeah, no, they've given her a humanitarian visa. Okay. She's there. Poland's kind of a funny
1: place, too, because they're very much in the, the shadow of the Soviet—the um, Russian regime, rather.
0: Yeah, it's same thing with, like, Romania. They left the uh, Warsaw Pact, and they're trying to join NATO. So their defenses are crumbled because they, they don't have the support from the Warsaw Pact anymore. Uh, but they don't really have NATO support. They don't have NATO funding. They don't have EU funding.
1: Yeah, but they partner with the U.S. when it comes to doing things like combat operations in Afghanistan, which is really kind of funny. Like, uh, we worked with um, Romanians. Uh, The point I'm trying to make, though, is that, like, um, it's like a second iteration of the Cold War. It's like the Cold War got put on hold, and then it got inflamed again.
0: Well, and Um, the last time I was over there was when um, Russia had invaded Crimea, uh, Crimea. Oh, my God.
1: So... That's so off-topic. I do want to talk about that in another episode because I'm kind of curious. Well, about, and I, like, can't,
0: I can't talk about what no, I was doing. No, you can't talk
1: there. about it, but I'm sure there's something that you can talk to.
0: I could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right.
1: So we'll find some safe parameters and kind of jump from there. Um, how do you feel about talking about sportsmanship and what athletes owe us? And by the way, I feel like athletes owe us nothing.
0: Well, th- I think our final one, let's get into uh, Laurel Hubbard, the um, transgender, transgender weightlifter from New Zealand. Because I think this is what athletes owe us. Um, I thought about this very, very, very hard when I was prepping for this. And I still don't have a stance on transgender athletes. Um, this is probably if hate mail is going to come through, this is where it's going to come through. Uh, I don't have a stance on transgender athletes because one, there's just not enough science out there yet. Um, I firmly believe in science. I believe that there are biological, physiological, there are natural, uh, chemical reasons for everything that is happening in this world. This is not to go against anything that has to do with my religion because I can separate the two. Um, I just, I don't know where I stand on transgender athletes yet. However, Laurel Hubbard is a transgender weightlifter for New Zealand. Laurel Hubbard did not transition until she was 35 years old. She failed out. she was knocked out of the women's 87 kilogram competition after failing on all three attempts. She failed at 120k. Uh, so 120 kilograms. So one kilogram is 2.2 pounds, so 240 268 pounds. I'm sorry 264 pounds, right? Uh, whatever that math works out to be. I, I usually I'm good at this and I'm just not right now. On her second attempt at 125, which is 250 plus 25, 275, she got the weight up and pumped her fist. However, judges rolled a no lift, and she failed again at 275. Hubbard was the only one of 13 finalists not to com- complete at least one lift. The right, and just so everybody's aware, New Zealand, Australia, um, England, or the U.K., Uh, and the United States have an alt-right faction. They all have hardcore right factions. Everybody does, but the UK, New Zealand, uh, Australia, and the US have a predominant right-wing faction that is involved in their politics at a, I don't know how to say it, like basically along the same level as we do. Would you call it that?
1: absolutely yeah like absolutely. where where there and, is and a so left just just um there's there's uh the global west and then there is the global south right so the global west would be your your colonizing nations and and there's absolutely uh traces of um either alt right or neo nazi or other sort of nationalist movements
0: yeah um and they these four countries that i mentioned specifically—Australia, uh, New Zealand, the UK—I'm going to call the UK country—and the American, the, the United States—all have pretty similar uh, governmental uh, setup, or whatever you call it. Uh, how, what would you call it? Not setup, but uh, parliaments, government, something like that, where you have a left and you have a right. Uh, now, their left is actually left, whereas our left is just, like, barely right of center. Um, our progressives are fighting for the same things that the rest of the world has as far as Europe. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the, that's what our progressives are doing, is trying to instill basic human needs and make sure people can fucking live. Um, but everybody in these four nations have been well across the globe but especially these four nations have been super critical of a transgender athlete and their whole thing was is she is going to dominate and it's not even going to be fair and then she fails her first three lifts let it be known i'm not shitting on laurel Hubbard here i don't think aaron is either what's our takeaway from this what is what does Laurel Hubbard owe us besides nothing? Uh
1: I think um my takeaway would be does binary sexual uh orientation cover everything well
0: no because we're not talking about sexual orientation you need to be careful Uh, okay
1: so uh the binary rule that there are only men and women does that cover everything no
0: we are talking about gender and gender gender yeah gender
1: is gender uh assignment uh which is also an assignment not also what you
0: well okay so let's talk about that then um so Gender. Let's let's clarify that because I don't want to step on any toes here. Gender is there. There's gender assignment. Let's handle this one with some. De- you know, there's gender assignment at birth, which is what the doctors have determined your gender is by whatever protrudes from your body or does not protrude from your body. They have determined that you have a penis or a vagina, and you are a male or a female. Um, there are. There are instances where you are born with both male and g- female genitalia, um, so you have, yeah, like, he- hermaphrodite was not, is not just a term that is used to call somebody derogatorily in middle school. So you have, yeah, there are there are multiple assigned genders at birth, but generally, I have a good friend of mine whose um, whose son was born with male and female genitalia, and he picked his gender later in life and transitioned through that with the help of with the help of um, testosterone because he chose to be male well i think his parents chose him to be male and they helped him transition throughout that but we're not talking about assigned gender we're not talking about sexual preference because again those are two separate things we are talking about Laurel Hubbard, whose gender is a female. Are we good there? Did we clarify that enough? You look kind of confused. Let, hey, we're here. We're, we're here. Let's address questions. Okay,
1: okay, okay, okay. okay. My, my only hang up is that um, in order to be judged fairly against the gender that you're competing against. It'd be nice to see that the the, the fields were level. Um, a professional cyclist I watched earlier today on YouTube did a um, kind of like a fun ride with a bunch of her bros and, and these guys uh, took her up a mountain in L.A. and she got the Queen of the Mountain, which is, she was the fastest woman to go up this mountain. Okay. It's a Strava segment, right? Yep. You get a KOM or a QM. It's awesome. It's really hard. Uh, But also, like, she's with her bros, and her bros are much stronger than she is. And you can hear her in the video say, slow down. And she would, uh, she's so strong and competitive, however... When we're talking about Olympic lifting, if you are assigned as a male at birth and you transition later on, even if uh, okay, so she's transgender, so she's got both parts. It doesn't. It doesn't. Question ma- mark. It doesn't
0: matter. It do, the Parts. Parts don't matter. parts don't matter. Parts don't matter. Parts don't matter. The issue here is going to be, and this is what the IOC, the international the issue to me. To the issue to me is is that this person. Well, is well, let me before you say something that gets us in trouble, let me let me I, I, I know where you're going with this. Okay, so the, the IOC, the Olymp, uh, International Olympic Committee, their ruling they still have not determined. Um, the general thought is because she transitioned post puberty as a male. So that's where it's going to be. I will tell you. That for me, I've seen seen women, um, and I'm going to use, I'm going to break this down just into two genders at this moment, because we're talking about male and female. There are other genders, and I recognize all those genders, and I completely respect the gender you identify as. But when we're talking about the Olympics, it is a male and female category, and that's what I'm going to talk to at the moment. Um, Just like the military up until two years ago there are well actually it's still current it's still male and female but you can transition between the two in the military um i have seen females that have beat males at the male level and it comes down to dedication i have too and it comes down to dedication and it comes down to work ethic um so that's I, I just wanted to stop you real quick before you say that.
1: The only reason I bring it up is because like in the military, how many professional athletes have you worked against?
0: Well, none in my field. But there are you know, the person who won gold this year in in trap shooting was a female lieutenant.
1: She absolutely was. Um You got to go to a school where there were probably uh, women that you competed against, that no, I didn't. I, it, right? I, I
0: guarantee you, I did not compete against them. They beat the living mm-hmm. shit out of me in almost That's every the event. Point I'm
1: trying to make is also when I was in Tucson back in February, um, women my age, in the same shape, are smoking the dog shit out of me. Like, it's it's not about that, but at the professional level, and and let me go ahead and say this: Lale L A E L Wilcox as it sounds, is he a professional cyclist, and that's the woman that smoked the dog shit out of me my last day in Tucson. Her and her fucking girlfriend or her wife just rode me into the ground like I was following them, and I was like, oh shit, cool. A couple other cyclists. Let me see if I can keep up with these chicks, dude. Turns out they're pros. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I'm not trying to say that one sex is, is greater than the other, but at a professional level... Well, Your capability, I think, would be a
0: little bit different. Well, and that's what I'm saying is there's not enough science at this at the moment. There's not enough science to determine the ability of this. And
1: I'll be the last one to say what ability looks like because I'm just an amateur. Well, I, I or, or really, I'm just an armchair quarterback that's drinking beer, watching TV, going, oh, fuck fuck that person for quitting or whatever, you know? Like, I'm not saying that, but you know what I mean? Like, I,
0: you know, I, I'm i going to be the last one to, I'm going to be the last one to say any ability um, because how right. many times we go, that's never happened, and then it happened. Um, you know, and <laughs> Carrie Wood ties a national... Ties a national strikeout record. Uh, it had only been done twice before that. Um, it, it, Twenty strikeouts out of twenty-seven possible strikeouts. You have people that are, you know, there was an Olympic, there was a world record broken this year in swimming. You know, it, it, the the ability is always there, and the the females that are breaking Olympic records and world records are beating male standards. Hey, you must swim this or run this or cycle this um i the top the top female athletes are outperforming male athletes the science the science isn't there to say that a top female athlete it can or cannot outperform a top male athlete every day um there's obviously physiological differences. There are biological differences, even at a professional level. Um, I, I just this is where I don't know where I stand on it. I I need. I don't know because you have you have horrendous videos of like a professional women's soccer team who who faces the 11-and-under, the 12-and-under, whatever that video was, and gets routed by 12-and-under, whatever, teenage, teenage boys team and gets routed by them. But there's also videos online of the Kansas City Royals trying to keep up with the women's national softball team, and none of them can hit a fucking pitch, much less the catcher is down there trying to catch it. And he's going, it, it it's moving. I can't I can't fucking catch this. How are you guys how are y'all doing this? Um Wasn't softball a different sport? Fast pitch softball is it, and I've been very it's a at, very different sport. F- fast, pitch, fast pitch softball. Are... If you think if you think fucking softball is bullshit, now, now I'm not talking about your buddy out there who's like, yeah, I play softball on the weekend, and he goes out there and drinks beer and plays underhand bullshit softball. That's not a fucking sport. Just like cornhole is no, not talking a about, fucking like, sport. At the
1: collegiate level, where they look like they want to clear the benches when they get pissed off.
0: Yeah, you want to see you want to see good. You want to see some solid women athletes. Watch collegiate. Softball Oh SEC softball fuck no rocks, fuck dude. you no fuck you watch Texas play in the big 12. Those girls fucking kill it. Watch Texas Tech play in like it's incredible it's a, if you think you if you think you're a barstool athlete and you can go out there and hit an 85 mile an hour change up, I challenge you to go out there and hit a 75 or an 80 mile an hour underhand softball pitch. At 40-something feet. Have at it. Have at it. Go ahead and wear that on your sleeve when she runs it in and tags you with the fucking softball and think you're going to go 450 dead center on her. It's not going to happen. And I think, you know, for for the people who are out here bitch and moan about, well, you know, and I guarantee you they say he. I guarantee you they say he when they talk about Hubbard. Um, but... I hate to see her fail. I honestly hate to see Laurel Hubbard fail. But how many people does this just shut up and go, it's even It's even ground. Again, there's just not enough science. And I'm, I don't care about the science. I care about her taking that brave step to compete on a national level when she's, I guarantee you, being shit on at home. If you think she's going to go to the pub, and get a beer and people don't talk shit about her for being, if she had won, she goes into her hometown pub and maybe her family and friends support her, but there's going to be some fucking dickhead in the corner saying you stole that from somebody else. And now that she, she failed out that she did not even qualify, make a qualifying lift. She's going to go home They go. You should have just, you couldn't even compete as a man. So you had to go compete with the women and you still failed, but she took a fucking brave step. What do you think? Um,
1: Getting rid of the the binary would, um, if it was just like an all-inclusive sport where it encapsulated all genders at the same time, do you think that would make a difference? I I mean, like, it it certainly Uh, would I don't,
0: and that's what I'm saying is I don't know because I haven't, there's not enough research behind it. But every time an event like this happens, guess what we got? We have research.
1: And at some point, a precedent will be established. Absolutely. One of your favorite words. Yeah, there's going to
0: be a precedent set. But the good thing about we did, the good I guess thing we about prece- one, do we? I guess the good thing about precedent. No, she just set the precedent. Okay, Laurel just set the precedent saying that it's an equal. It's an equal sport because she competed against 13 athletes, and she did not qualify. Now. Does this this invite your fucking barstool buddy with an undercut and a beard who thinks he could have been Delta Force to identify as a female in his CrossFit gym and lift at their games? Absolutely. That's exactly what the fuck he's going to do, and I hope he gets shown the fuck up. Some dickhead out there is going to do it. Some old boy sitting in Mobile, Alabama is going, I'm going to qualify for an Olympic team. And fuck him. And I hope they put his fat ass in a leotard.
1: Like looks at his junk.
0: He's like, "No, nah, man, it's glitters." Yeah, yeah it's 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 <laughs> it's cold outside, and that's why it looks like that. <laughs> Fucking does a power lift and a sock falls out because he's got to prove how big his dick is because he didn't have his <laughs> F 350 in fucking Tokyo.
1: Move us on here, buddy. I think we beat this one.
0: All right. Good news. Let's get into the good news. Olympics again. Again? Again. Uh, do you know where San Marino is? No. San Marino is an independent nation isolated within the Italian peninsula. Population, 34,000.
1: Oh, I've heard of this place, yes.
0: And it just won its first ever Olympic medal. What did they get? They grabbed gold. Oh, bronze, I'm sorry. Alessandra Pirelli won the bronze medal in women's trap shooting. Oh,
1: shit, dude. Like, of all the gun-toting nations that would have gotten a
0: a medal in trap, She finished fourth in the 2012 Olympics in London, which was the best Olympic finish ever by a competitor from San Marino. She finished third this year behind uh, a lieutenant from the United States Army who won gold. I saw that. And the smallest nation to ever medal at the Olympics and the first ever medal for San Marino at the Olympics. Period. That is
1: so cool, dude. Um I I, I got to shoot I'm uh, sorry, skeet uh, for I'm the sorry. first time Ka- um Ka- eight uh, or nine months ago. Kayla
0: Browning won silver. The uh, the lieutenant won silver. Um Slovakia won gold. I'm not even gonna okay. attempt to pronounce that name. Ste Stefova. Stefa Chikova? Stefa Chikova. Stef- that's what it looks like. Stefa Chikova.
1: Well, regardless, I think that's awesome. I got to shoot Skeet for the first
0: time and I didn't. Like, not on somebody's face in a back alley? How's that? You said you got to shoot skeet for the first time, and I assume it wasn't on somebody's face in a back alley.
1: No. No, much to my chagrin. Unfortunately, uh, (laughs) I got to learn how to shoot skeet out in the middle of nowhere, but also never done it before. God, I, I think I've only shot shotguns a handful of times, really. So it was this really long and involved, like, oh, well, you track it and you lead it and you got to look for the orange and, you know, out here in Washington State at the time it was pouring rain. It was was January, first week of January, and um, I'm trying to track these shots and I've got this shotgun. I can't even see where it's going. Um, But I guess I got a couple of those clay pigeons. Um, It's a fun sport, and I think it is so cool to see such a small – little nationally recognized nation uh, grab up a medal, I'll tell you, Alessandra has probably the coolest last name, Pirelli.
0: Yeah, and it's not Pirelli like the tires. It's uh, P-E-R. Pirelli. Yeah, I think it's Perilli? still per, I think it's probably still Pirelli. Oh, yeah, Pirelli may be right. Pirelli per, may be right. That's my so, fault for not listening to a pronunciation of her name.
1: Uh, well... Congratulations. It's San Marino.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Incredibly you awesome.
1: Formerly recognized, very tiny little Mediterranean Sea colony mm. with your thirty five thousand person population. Congratulations.
0: Uh I will say that one of the other good news is um Taiwan beat China in the table tennis finals. And China China said something along the lines of like we are disappointed Your nation does not exist and we own you. No, it was point it was disappointed like the nation of Taiwan has beat us in this. Um and everybody's going, "Oh, oh, so you recognize Taiwan <laughs> um as effectively like, oh, you you Yeah, like you um, effectively like recognize us as a nation. That's that's funny as shit. It's pretty good. Shit, because fuck the CCP. uh, Free Hong Kong, free Taiwan. Uh, Hashtag, yeah. Hashtag free Hong Kong. Wow, what an episode.
1: A little bit of a roller coaster. Uh, one last bit of good news
0: Whoa, oh yeah go ahead then we got to wrap up with what's our takeaways do you want to do
1: takeaways or you want to do no no you news?
0: got you got more good news well, is it going to be your buddy uh, yeah okay well then let's do takeaways because I want to mention him in socials heard so no 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 give me this has been again as every JM and Aaron episode is a super he- JM heavy episode um, but wh- give me some takeaways from this. A- anything learned? Anything? Any thoughts? Anything that you're looking back that you said that you go? You know what? Uh, yeah. I, I try to be respect first on
1: the nose, and um, that's. It's come to my attention that maybe I haven't always been that way. Now, when it comes to sportsmanship, and understanding, um the LGBTQIA community... Or the community, as we like to call them. The community in its entirety. There are large gaps in my heteronormative white male privilege understanding. What does the Olympic community owe me? And I'll tell you nothing, because I've always kind of found the Olympics to be kind of annoying. (laughs) You know, like... It's fine. I wish more people were like Simone Biles. 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 I think it takes a lot of courage to stand up and say, I am not mentally prepared for this. I can think of a handful of times where I probably should have called out of something legitimately due to human safety and not have done something whether I was an infantryman in combat going on patrol and not focused on my job to being aircraft maintainer and thinking about something else when I should have been thinking about which torque wrench I needed to complete the job, right? So what do they owe us? I don't think they owe us anything. I think it's up to everyone else to do a little self-reflection during times like these on what's important. And I think that kind of speaks to what we discussed earlier when we said that we would agree to disagree. And I think that you're right. I don't know if a conversation would really smooth over uh, the Deputy uh, Aaron Ritz's um, comments to Biles' uh, departure from the Olympics. But also, I I would like to believe that people are better than that, and this would offer a very unique moment for both people to try to understand each other. Or at least reconcile some very big differences. Or recognize that there's something that needs to be done for folks that have bad days, period. Because we've all fucking had them. My other takeaway is that um, I'm a little scared for the cycling community. Camel drivers, boy, does that one hit in the most awful way.
0: Yeah, you thought it was just uh, the NBA and the NFL and tennis and professional soccer and Major League Baseball. And hockey that had horrific... And again, horrific this just
1: speaks to my privilege as a white person. Um, what's my takeaway? JM, I'll tell, I'll tell you what my takeaway is. What am I doing wrong? How can I help? And and what am I missing here? I'm left with questions. What, what am I doing wrong and how can I help? Because, uh, you know... I think that you and I have a lot in common as far as how we view the world. And I think how we view the world at a very base level is just investing in our community and the people around us, either professionally or personally, right? Like at a base level, I think. Do I have that wrong?
0: No, I I think you're absolutely right. Because I am comfortable with where I'm at, and um, I'm not always... I'm not always above everybody I don't I don't particularly believe I'm above anybody but uh, I do believe I'm above people in a socioeconomic status and privilege and some other places that I'm recognizing and I think it's my job to bring them up to what I have been afforded uh, okay. through the means I need or through the means I have. And this is one of the means I have. The uh, This is one of the means we have is a podcast. Finish your thought there.
1: Well, I guess that's just my point. Okay. We get the opportunity to think about this and talk about this in um, a very critical way. And I, I like the way that uh, we discuss this. For, and again, this doesn't surprise me, for 99% of what we discussed, I find that we just agree. And that's kind of dangerous, right? But I think that we agree on investing in people. Genuinely. Now, I will push back and I will say that I think that a discussion between people that think differently is always worth having. Earlier this week I sent you that video of a gentleman, you know, basically verbally assaulting Tucker Carson, and I love that. The guy called him a human piece of trash? He did. Now, for as much as I want to call Tucker Carson a piece of trash to his face, also, does it actually help my point? No. Does it it
0: help me? Does it help my community? Does it help the people that I care about? No, because he hears it all the time. But, you know, what does help is that guy at the bar or that girl at the bar or that person at the bar who says that offhanded racist or xenophobic or homophobic comment and you walk up to them and go, you're a piece of shit. You can't say that. And this is why. And when they go fuck you, this is America, and, and you know, you got to back the blue and stand behind the troops, and, and, and Joe Biden stole the election, and you go, cool story. You can't say that in here. Well, I'll say what the fuck I want, and you go, no, you won't. Tucker Carlson hears it all the time. But that dickhead at the bar doesn't hear it because people don't want to say it. Okay.
1: So, <laughs> all
0: right. Here's my takeaway from this. I know you're. St- I know you're stalling, but we'll get it out. Uh,
1: no, no, no. I'm not stalling. I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm curious. Like, is it call in culture or cancel culture it's or call out culture or call in culture? I'm. I'm very much of the opinion it? that call call in. Like, like, yeah. hey. Well, it, can we talk about this? Can you
0: tell me what your opinion is? I want to hear it. Are you interested in hearing mine? Well, here, So I, I can I can rebut to that because you don't bring up the way you and I grew up is you don't bring a problem to the table unless you get a solution for it. It's true. Right? So you call out the problem and you say, here's the solution. You don't walk up to somebody and say, you're a racist piece of shit. Well, why am I a racist piece of shit? Well, I don't know because you're racist. No, no, you, you go up there with the you go up there with the solution. Hey, you're a racist piece of shit because you just called that person a camel driver. Well, why is that racist? Well, it's racist because you're denigrating an entire sect of people. Uh, you're you're looking at what has historically been told from a winner's perspective of these are what these people are and. You're using that phrase to demean an entire nation an entire people uh, when they provided X, Y, and Z to the international community. You look at them as below you when, in fact, they produce you know A, B, and C above what you are able to produce. And we need to recognize what they're doing and not look at them as less than. You need to look at them as equal to. If they are less than in an echo in an um, economic or a socio echo was it echo socioeconomic 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 level, then it is our job to stop using phrases like that and help them get to the point. Because you view them as less than for whatever reason, but you are speaking from a position above them socioeconomically so use what you have to elevate these people. you are on a platform and that's if you're gonna bring a problem to somebody bring a solution with it. Now if they're wearing a swastika punch them in the face if they' if they're if they're Michael if, yeah you know if they' if they're Michael Richards and saying that stuff punch them in the face. If they're just speaking ignorantly saying you're a man or you're a woman and they don't understand the difference between sexual preference and gender identity, then educate them about that. And then when they are free to do it and still, and still call you some slur against the community, then you go, well, I've done everything. I brought the solution to the table and walk away from it. Because you're either willing to adapt or unwilling to adapt. Well, let me, let me, I got one more. Uh, this is my takeaway. So I, there's a really good tweet that I saw today. Um, it came out on Sunday. It says, these Latin American countries that have Negroes at the bottom of their socioeconomic totem, totem pole damn sure rely on them for their Olympic medals, huh? This is talk about Caribbean nations, the Haitians, the Dominicans, the Puerto Ricans, um, who there's, they differentiate on skin color. Um. Everybody's super proud of Jackie Joyner Kersey when she slams at the international games. Um, they're super proud of oh goodness, back me up here, Aaron. Um, who won the during the nineteen was it nineteen forty Olympic games? Um, the Excuse sprinter, me? what?
1: I don't like the Olympics.
0: No, the sprinter who stood up there and won, the black American who won, um, Jesse Owens, who wins and stands on a podium in Munich and defines a Hitler. Okay, yeah. Everybody's real proud. Everybody's real proud of people that are deemed less than when they win on the international stage. Until they go home, and they still judge them by their, who they perceive them to be. Simone Biles is a black woman in America, in Houston, Texas. And if you don't recognize her, how do you think she gets treated when she gets pulled over? Jackie Joyner-Kersey, how do you think she gets treated as a black American woman when she gets pulled over? In Atlanta, that
1: American first lieutenant in uh, Richmond, Virginia.
0: Yay! stand by the troops, unless you're black. Uh, he's a
1: cop. He was in uniform, right? Or no? He was a he was a, he, was he was a an MP, commissioned officer. Yep. In uniform on his way
0: home. Yep. And we're real proud. We're real proud of those people that do those things over there because when they're on TV, they look real. You know, that's a good looking person for that for that color of their skin. And I'm real proud of that, that person for running fast and shooting fast and swimming fast. If you're going to, if you're going to have the audacity to call somebody a national disappointment because of what they didn't do for their country, you should have the audacity to call out the police and the judicial system for what What they do for what they actually do for the country and the people Of the country. Yeah. That's my takeaway from this.
1: It's kind of like. um, The 99 things that you do right. The one thing you do wrong. Or. What bothers me is like. When it's convenient. To be supportive. It's convenient to be supportive of the nation. When the nation does good things. And then it's easy to condemn it.
0: When it does not no it's it's yeah. hard it's hard to it's hard to be appreciative when they do good things right because then you have to set aside everything that you've ever said and said that person over there did something good but when you come home you're still going to vote for those restrictive voting laws
1: i think in a broader sense it's not just um Voter laws or immigration no uh no visas given from the axis of evil, right yep. those are easy things to me to condemn um,
0: I don't know oh. that was my takeaway. My takeaway is everybody's proud to be a fucking American when the Americans on an international stage. Until you come home, and guess what? You're just somebody else. You're just somebody I wish, who's not wish a Cody r- was
1: here whiskey drunk singing. I'm proud to be American. Yeah,
0: you, you, they come home and guess what? You, you know they're not a rich white male, and you're gonna get treated like everybody who looked like you because that one person did one thing, and now all of y'all do that one thing.
1: God bless the USA.
0: Oh, socials. <laughs>
1: Okay, so uh, last bit of good news. Uh, Our friend Collis, you're not going to believe this, is number 700 out of all Xbox players on the video game Apex.
0: Apex Legends.
1: Apex Legends. Collis is a legend. Um, I don't know how many of y'all play Apex, but there are thousands of players just in the United States out of everybody in the world Collis is sitting at number seven hundred on apex legends his uh he does stream on um, twitch that's don't tickle me elmo <laughs> just how it spells um i'll go ahead and, and should we tag his his i g
0: yeah, well, it's his Twitch, I think. Oh, yeah, no, we'll tag him. I know he said don't do it. Yeah, we're th- going to Twitch.
1: We're going to tag him. So, he gave us uh, verbal. You
0: gave, you way undercounted that. Uh, internationally, there's over 100 million uh, active players of Apex okay, Legends. Okay, so he's
1: only 700 out of uh, out of how many?
0: Over 100 million.
1: Okay, so he's only 700?
0: So that's not good news. Yeah. Get better. Over 100 million. You're a national
1: million. disappointment. Yeah.
0: Get over your... You're dis- Yeah, get over what your mental health issue is and become number one. How hard is it? Yeah, how hard is it, Collis? Jesus. I want to see you in the top ten. Jesus. Get that gold. Well, as always, you can find us on drunk or er, on Gmail. We are drunkweekinreview at gmail We are DWIR podcast on Twitter. We are at drunk weekend review on Instagram. For all you old school followers out there, you can still find us pretty little loggers at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com dot slash review. Uh, we've gave us a few shout outs to our favorite Twitch streamers. So go follow, uh, don't tickle me Elmo on Twitch, which is call us, watch him play some apex legends. Uh, maybe he'll step up his game and stop being number 700 out of over a hundred million. Maybe he can make it like six fifty or something like that. If he, <laughs> if he just fucking focuses, I don't know. It's bullshit. Um, Jesus, hey, figure yourself out. What the fuck? 700 out of a hundred million. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, I feel bad even plugging you. Generally, we don't even talk to losers like that. Um, go follow our buddy uh, Aaron, the other Aaron. He is the Bando. he is the Fallen Deity on the dot Fallen Deity on Instagram. He's the underscore Fallen underscore Deity on. Uh, twitch and go follow our buddy van brodeo v-a-n-b-r-o-d-e-o on instagram and follow his twitch i owe you that twitch stream um send him your favorite metal punk and garage band bands because he loves that shit and he will eat it up all day long uh did i forget anything
1: send Cody dick pics.
0: That's right, send Cody dick pics. Uh, Aaron, go ahead and take us home. Hey guys, uh, thanks for uh,
1: listening. It was such a pleasure, and good night. I love you.